Expect the unexpected in every situation, from being short-sighted due to a diagnosis to falling into the cracks between medical specialties. Just when you think you know what is going on, know that sometimes you can't guess what will happen. You can spend hours and days trying to imagine every possibility, and when you least expect it, something you never could have imagined will happen. And with the unexpected outcome comes the roller coaster ride. Once the decision has been made to manage care, it is important to develop a care philosophy, goal, and strategy for reaching the goal with the patient. This will allow everyone involved with the care to have a clear understanding of the patient's wishes and a plan to deliver them. Those are the wise words from my guest as we discuss navigating the maze of providing care. This episode is brought to you by Family History Film. Visit myfamilyhistoryfilm.com to find out how they can preserve your family memories in a fascinating documentary film. Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those caring for a loved one with memory loss. With me today is Trish Laub. She is an author of three books. One is Most Meaningful Life. It's about her and her dad, who she cared for, Peaceful Endings, and the one we're going to discuss today is Through the Rabbit Hole, Navigating the Maze of Digital, Digital, Dignified Caregiving. Apparently, I have digital on my brain. So thanks for joining me, Trish. Thank you. We're, we're going to talk about navigating the maze of dignified care. Well, um, which is a little bit, that's what caregivers have been doing. You know, um, my books are very much bullet point books. I'm like you. I don't, when I was caregiving, I didn't have time to read all the books that were out there. So my books are pretty much bullet pointed. It explains, you know, it'll take a topic like um, medical facilities and it'll explain who all the players are, are in it. You know, I don't know if you've ever been in a teaching hospital, but the entourage walks in and it's <laughs> no. like, who are you? What player, what what is your specialty? This specialty doesn't know this specialty, but they have fellows and they have residents. And oh, by the way, all those players change on July 7th every year. Note to self, don't have surgery if you can avoid it right prior to the 7th in a teaching hospital because then all of your care team changes. But anyway, um, I think it's a little bit you know, different than the question of what you do during a pandemic. In a pandemic, you, you know, what is that called? You batten down the hall or whatever. Batten down now, the hatches. Thank you. There we go. In a pandemic, you stay home. You keep it as small and as simple as you can. Surely if you have to go to the hospital, you go to the hospital, but that's not the time to be researching, um, you know, senior residences. So back to the books. I'm sorry. I'm a little scattered here. Um, it's okay. All really bullet points. So you can go in and get one topic, three, four pages, find out the basis of what you need find the 10 questions you need to walk into a senior facility or senior residence, I'm sorry, and ask as a starting point. Um, I'm a bullet point kind of girl. You can tell the way I talk. I'm just boom, 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 boom. Um, well, the 10 yeah. questions to ask when you move your loved one into a senior residence, mm -hmm. because I found out right before my dad died, he assumed mom would come live with me. I had just turned 50 and my daughter had just turned had just turned out, moved out. I'm like, excuse me, but I have worked my butt off since I was 16 and a half. I am not giving up 
you know, the next 20 years of my life. Now, if I had known it was going to be three, yeah, maybe I might have, might, no, no, <laughs> it wouldn't have worked. And then she, I don't, she got very combative at the end. That's, mm -hmm. that's how she ended up falling and breaking her leg. But I didn't ask a lot of questions. They did answer them. They did a very good sales job, but sure. the place was convenient mm -hmm. to me. It wasn't as convenient to my sister, but she lives out in the freaking boonies. And they said she could keep her dog. And it was like, That's here's important. money. Here's the deposit. <laughs> sure. Like, where, where do you want me to sign? And, and I mean, I, I think I went in on gut instinct. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, they were fantastic. They, they put up with the dog for 18 months until they renovated. And she was getting quite nutsy because she did not have structure. And my sister and I had been kind of debating the dog was grossly overweight. She was almost double what she should have weighed. Mm. And we lost the battle of the med techs feeding her because the dog was smart enough to know that if she got locked in the room during meals, she wasn't going to get fed from the residents. So oh. we lost that one. What's really super annoying to lose that battle to a, what should have been a 16 pound poodle. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. She weighed 28 when we wow. moved her out. Wow. So yeah, she was beefy, but you know, so they, they didn't ever ask me to rehome her. My sister and I were like, do we do it? Mom doesn't seem invested in the dog, but sometimes she does. You know, it was just one of those, you never know. It's it, never a good time to decide, right? So the, the executive director is like, well, you know, um, we're renovating. I'm like, uh, yeah, the uh, scaffolding and the paint and the trucks and the dumpsters where my parking used to be. Yeah, I yeah, got that. Well, you know, about the dog, uh-huh. Well, you see, you know, we're going to be putting in new carpet. He beat around the bush so hard. It was hysterical. I'm like, so you would like Misty to be rehomed? Well, I don't really want to ask that. I'm like, no, but that's what you want. Right. <laughs> and that's how he was when 10 of us ended up in the memory care the day mom died when they wanted zero. So, you know, and he never said, oh my God, you know, you people got to get out of here. Get, 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 go, 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 go in the parking lot. No, he was really kind. So I, I don't know what angel was sitting on my shoulder that said, this place will be good. It'll be fine. But I seriously, I didn't, I didn't vet. I didn't yelp. I didn't do anything. Well, but you, so you're having story, 10 questions would have been very useful. Because your story is so, such a great example of what caregivers do. They look at the whole situation, say, you know, it's not really going to work for them to move here, probably. You have to look at so many decisions to decide whether someone can stay in their home. 80% of the people in the country want to live their lives out of their home. 20% do. Part of that is that they didn't plan. And part of it is that it isn't realistic with considering your life, your family's life, your sister's life, the finances, the logistics, all of those things. And there is no one right answer, but there are things to consider. And then you also adapted you figured it out she went there with a the dog and then it wasn't realistic and then you this there aren't concrete this is why i think even in in regard to your question today there are not one size fit all concrete answers there are considerations and questions to ask and your gut told you and i am pretty sure actually i'm positive had there been problems there you would have known it and you would have addressed the problem even if that meant you moved her. So yeah, our Yelp reviews helpful sometimes. Our personal referrals helpful a lot of the time. The one quirky little thing I recommend to people that they always look at me like, what? 
I always say eat a meal there because the biggest complaint that I have heard from people leave, living in senior communities is they don't like the food. Well, they had great food where she was at. And food becomes increasingly important as people get older. It's one of the things they can still taste and enjoy and it brings them comfort and it brings them memories. So ask to eat a dinner there or a lunch. You know, it sounds crazy and unimportant, but it becomes important when they become dissatisfied there. It's crazy, but it's true. I don't think it's that crazy. I don't, I don't think I had a meal with mom before we moved her in. Pretty sure I didn't because I knew the situation that my sister and I had quasi decided on wasn't, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, my sister and I do not see the world at all in the same lens. Don't see it ever the same way. And we had come to pretty much an agreement. We needed to, to loop in a couple other people and have some more conversation, but we were on the same page, which is like a freaking miracle. And then, you know, my brain that never seems to shut up was, you know, one day I was like, okay, well, this scenario that we're discussing, okay, absolute worst case nuclear option. If, if the worst stuff happens, then what? And it, and I kind of role played it in my head and I said, nope, not going to work. And so I jumped off the page that my sister and I had managed to get on. <laughs> now, thankfully the person we were going to loop in was not interested in what we were discussing so that made it a little bit easier but i'd already gone to the community and checked it out and my sister went in with different emotions which didn't surprise me and what i did like there is i don't remember the first time i had a meal with her there but i did they had a huge um like a thanksgiving buffet which was hysterical because her friend ate three desserts and she'd be like, oh, I don't think I've had dessert. She'd have a third one. It was like, how do you stay skinny when you've had three desserts? I just look at them and I've gained weight. <laughs> I told you food gets more important when you get older. Oh, well, okay. Something to look forward to then. And it's not the most important thing, obviously. But, you know, I think what's really important, even I always say you have to make the best decision you can with the information you have on any day. You can always that change true. that decision. It's not optimal sometimes, but the real important thing is like you to continue to go there at different times unannounced to, you know, just show up and see what's going on. You know, that that's where you find out. It was always funny happening. when I would show up early, they'd be like, Oh, you're early today. Oh yeah. We don't have rotary today. So I'd end up like two hours, two and a half hours earlier. Or I would do some errands after Rotary and I would end up an hour later and they'd be like, oh, we were wondering if you were coming today. So they knew when to expect me and it always threw them off when I didn't show up at basically two o'clock on Mondays. But the element of surprise is your friend. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it was more like, you know, they never seemed like, you know, we'd, we'd polished up and you didn't show up for two yeah. hours or, Oh no, you're here two hours early. Quick sweep, the sweep the bad stuff under the rug. It was, it was always just because it was so consistent that when it wasn't, it was, it was kind of dramatic, not dramatic in like a, it was just, it was very obvious when the schedule changed. So. But there's something nice about them knowing your schedule as well, but with the surprise changes, because then, you know, if they're, expecting you then maybe there there's something that they want to tell you then or you know there's a, a good side to that as well that is true they, they always 
I always tried to get there because I think they've switched um, staff at 2.30. So I tried mm. to make sure not to get there at 2.30, either show mm. up at 2 or show up at 3, but not at 2.30. But I tried to get there before shift change because the gal was responsible for mom's showers and dressing. And she was always the one that was telling me what my mom needed. Mm -hmm. um, if she didn't see me before she left, then I'd get a call the next day. And I'm like, I was just there. You could have told me she needed toothpaste yesterday. No, now it's a pain in the butt. Yesterday would have been easy. Now it's a pain in the butt. So, you know, that they do try to make sure to talk to you about stuff like that. But she was, it was funny because when, you know, mom broke her leg and she was bed bound because she couldn't put weight on it. You know, I'm thinking about the big picture, the care, the, you know, medical the healing, blah, blah, blah. And this gal who, you know, did a wonderful job taking care of mom. She's like, you know, your mama need more night, um, nightgowns. Um, what did she call those? Um, house coats, which made me laugh because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's like not a term we use, but that's okay. Oh, that's a throwback. <laughs> yeah, no and she was, she couldn't have been as old as me. She was probably in her forties. Um, so it's like, you know, I was like, okay, house coat. My mom didn't even refer to him like that. Yeah. So, and it didn't, it didn't occur to me that mom would need, you know, something they could just pull over her head. And, and she said, oh, well, you know, get her some dresses too for, you know, down the road. And when I was shopping, that was the most surreal experience. This was right before the shutdown. And I go into JCPenney's and the place is deserted. And it took me like three times as long because the, the gal in the, um, you know, the intimates department, I think she was bored for mine and she was older. <laughs> She was older than me. I think she's actually older than my mom. And she's like, I have never seen this store this dead. And I'm like, no, this is, this is really weird. And, well, <laughs> you know, and, and see, that was Saturday. Yeah. Monday was when the lockdown happened. So it was just, it was crazy. And I had debated. I'm like, I'm mentally stressed. I don't really know. I, I bought three nightgowns and some slippers and a, a jacket, you know, bed jacket. And I'm like, I can't, I can't contemplate dresses right now. My mom wasn't a dress person and I'm glad I didn't bother because they would never have gotten used. I mean, mm -hmm. somebody would have gotten nice donated brand new dresses, but you know, <laughs> but she was always the one that's like, you know, your mama need this, your mama need that. Oh, okay. Yes, ma'am. I'll go get those. <laughs> that's very sweet. Yeah. She was wonderful. And I will, I'm going to go back. I went about a year ago, maybe a little more than a year ago with my youngest golden and took mm -hmm. him to visit with the ladies and oh my goodness he had a great time the women loved it so yeah. we're gonna i'm gonna bring him back because there's some caregivers i didn't get to see that day right you know and and so it, that's the other thing is it's like oh i i just realized that there's like about half a dozen people that are now also out of my life because mom's gone it's like oh this is yeah. crazy <laughs> like, right you know, these things you don't expect to have to navigate. <laughs> well, and honestly, the, the caregivers and the residences, this is on steroids for them in a whole different way. I mean, they lose people and you can't even clean the room out. I mean, they, and they don't get to see you. And yeah, it's, this is just a. Well, they were supposed to have an event at the community in March and I don't know why they had such a hard time pulling it together. Cause I kept saying, can you give me a date? It was supposed to go to Denver 18th through the 21st. I'm like, I don't want to buy a plane ticket for you people to tell me, Oh yeah, we're going to have our thing on the 20th or the 19th. 
because that'll just make me crazy. Please don't make me crazy. It's already enough crazy going on. And obviously, they ha they never got it scheduled. They were supposed to schedule it for April. That didn't happen for obvious reasons. So I will go back. I do want to still be part of the community. You know, I'm still. I feel like now I'm a caregiver to caregivers. So I've I have I have wow. been promoted. <laughs> You know, and it's like, I still have to go and clean out her stuff or at least box it up so it can be donated. But it must be weird because they took apart her bed and stored it. And mm -hmm. then the hospice people came in with the hospital bed and all their stuff. So the hosp all the hospice equipment is gone. So it must be really weird because it's like some mm -hmm. of her stuff is there and some of it's not. It's just, they probably just walk by the closed door, which probably still has the wreath on it, the spring wreath. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It's just, yeah, like you said, it's all on steroids. You know, and I think when they called me and said, mom's not doing well, one of the comments the gal made was, you know, we miss you guys too. You know, it's like, hello, you know, we get to come to work and look at our coworkers and basically all your crazy parents. Right. <laughs> so it's definitely, definitely well, hard. I'm using you as the example. There again is something that's really, really, I think, important. If you're going to put somebody you love into a senior residents where they are receiving care. I mean, that you can be in a senior residence where it's independent living, but even there it's important. I think it's really important to get to know the people that you are trusting with their care. Know their names, say their names. There's nothing more valuable to a human being than their name. So you get to know them and they get to know you. And I honestly think that makes a difference. The one thing I always tried, and I think it's because I witnessed the opposite behavior was I always thought that they were part of mom's team. It was, mm -hmm. you know, the people we were paying and yes. everybody knows those places are not cheap. Yes. And my sister and I, and our husbands and the grandchildren and my, um, my mom has three siblings. One of them's three hours away. And then, so her, the younger of the two brothers brought her sister who they're basically numbers three and four. My mom was the oldest. Hmm. Number two lives three hours away. So number three and four would come over. You know, it was about a 40 or so minute drive, you know, on a good day. He would bring the sister over. So that was the team. And yes. my goal was not to make things worse, not to demand that they do something, not mm -hmm. that they not, you know, hey, can you, oh, you're, oh, you guys are serving dessert. Can I have one too? I mean, I would ask politely or I'd go over there and ask. It's like, they're not here to take care of me, no matter how much money we're paying them. They're not here to take care of me. And I always tried to find like a win-win or find the solution to the, to the problem, you know, taking, taking the whole team into account because like the executive director, I don't think that guy could get paid enough money because, you know, the residents complain, the families complain, I'm sure the staffs complain. It's like, whoo. You know, I mean, and then right now it must be just a complete nightmare. And, right. and, you know, we're asking people in senior residence to do a job, a level of a job anyway, that we are saying we can't do mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. And that's okay to do that, to say that. But I think it's really important to, you know, if there are problems, you have to address them, but address them in a win-win way. But also just to really be grateful for what they're doing and let them know that. that we know from the, the kind of caregiving we've done, it's a hard job. Mm -hmm. One of the hardest jobs. And so 
you know, we might think, oh, you're paying all this money and they, this is their job and they have to do it. That is true. But there's an and to it. And I am grateful for that. And I really do think that if you are respectful, you know their name, you thank them for when they've done a great job, you bring attention to something exceptional or extra they've done to their boss, there's no doubt that your loved one gets maybe some more attention. Yeah, they were always I mean, telling me, oh, mom was so easy and now she's not easy. I'm like, you know, she wasn't easy when we were teenagers, right? This is not necessarily abnormal for personality. It's just personality on steroids. Well, I think personality, I think with memory loss, it, it, it amplifies for a lot of reasons. Yeah, mom so, drew blood on some of these caregivers. So when I'm allowed to go back in, I'm trying to figure out what to do because you're not supposed to tip them. And I will probably, I'm going to put them, I got to remember this. They're, they do, you're allowed to put money in a communal tip yes. at the holidays, which is a long way off from right now, I think. <laughs> I will do that then too. So, but I, I want to make sure that the, the ones that were really hands-on at the end, I want to do something for them, but I don't know how to do it yet. So that's in the back of my brain. You know, my parents didn't live in a senior residence, but they were in medical facilities. And when they were there any amount of time, we figured out what was appropriate to the group. We got to know the nurses and the CNAs and all of that. Um, you know, sometimes we brought them food and, you know, cards that we signed and wrote things in. Um, I think there was some sort of communal, I think we, we gave them money, but it had to be split to the group or something, or the group could choose to do something. I would think that if you hand them a personal card and ask them not to open it till they're home, I mean, I'm not suggesting we violate their rules, but you know. I thought about buying scrubs. There's a company online that you can, I guess they're supposed to be really soft and, Ooh, and nice. excellent. And I'm going to have to look up the name again, but they also, when you buy a set of scrubs from this company, they also donate it to medical professionals that have need. So I'm like, that's a serious win-win and scrubs aren't really cheap. So yeah, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. If I'm I remember, if I remember the name, I'll, I'll email it to you. <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure out something to do at our local hospital that has a COVID ward just to kind of maybe perk them up a little bit. Yeah, supposedly these are really soft and they're for the lack of a better term, modern. I, yeah. I'm trying to remember the commercial in the back of my head, but it's like fit is better. Pockets are better. There's, it's just, uh -huh. they've updated them. So they're better from what, you know, of course with the commercials. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Well, if you think of it, let me know. <laughs> I will try to remember to Google it. So, so is there any navigating the maze of dignified care for people that are at home? We kind of touched on it a lot with the, how to deal with all the insanity of our life right now. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just so very different right now. And I think the best thing, yeah, I actually, I'm going to look at some notes because I, I wrote down a couple of things that I thought might Again, if I was still with my dad, um, I think it's more important now than ever to stick with what works, successful routines, um, amplify what works, what has worked in the past. Um, I mentioned, I touched this a little bit, avoid, really, really try to be conscious of language, use of language, avoid words that can cause anxiety, because even if it didn't cause anxiety before, they're much more susceptible to the emotional charge of 
how you might word something. It takes an extra second to turn that switch on and say, okay, wait, how do I want to phrase this so that it helps them continue to feel safe? Um, adapt to minimize social isolation. We've kind of hit that on the people um, on the topic of senior residences. They're using Zoom. Um, the same thing applies inside your home. They're cut off. Maybe you're the only caregiver. They're cut off from the, anybody else on the outside. Again, Zoom, FaceTime, Skype. You can, depending on where someone is in their process, if they can still watch movies, you can use Netflix to do a, a movie party where everybody watches it at the same time. There are unbelievable amounts, and I'm not you know, promoting myself, but if you go to trishlaub.com backslash resources, there's a section at the top, and I've started putting links to things that are free that you can stream. So operas, ballets, you can take virtual museum tours, you can take virtual field trips. Everybody, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber is allowing you to, to stream his musicals. So bringing that into your home is, even though the streaming is still not, some of it's not live, but it's, because it was live performances, it's more tangible. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So fight the social isolation, um, you know, adapt there. I know we don't have time, I get it, but we're not leaving the house as much as we used to. Self-care. If you can do 15 minutes of sitting in a room by yourself with a cup of tea, it's invaluable. Much, I mean, it's always important, but much more so now. And the other thing is I have found with my, my dad with Alzheimer's, my mantra was you are loved and you are safe. Repeat that mantra. You are loved and you are safe. But as a caregiver, especially now, you need to say it to yourself. That's a good point. You really need to get the negative talk out of your house, out of your house, out of your head. Caregivers are doing a job equally different in a different way to healthcare providers. We are fighting for these people. And I don't like the word fight in regard to caregiving on a day-to-day -day basis. We have challenges. No, we're actually fighting for these people right now. That is true. Just as the caregivers, and that will ease off. That's, I think that's a something else I really want to say to caregivers. We didn't expect it. We didn't want it. It's caused fear, anxiety, and frustration. We've had challenges like we never would have anticipated. But this is going to end. We just need to hang on. There's, there's a, um, somebody had said, we're all in the same boat. And then somebody else came out on you know, social media and said, no, we're not. And that is true. We are not but we're all in the same river and we can fight the current or we can flow with it. And trust me, the flow is going to be a whole lot easier. And part of that I think is, is trying as hard as it is to let go of the consciousness that this isn't going to end. It is. I don't know when, but we're going to get through it. And there's people like you doing podcasts to help them. There's people like me talking to you. And, you know, I just, I think it's really important for people to know that I don't know hundreds of thousands, I don't know millions of the caregivers in this country, but I'm thinking about all of them. I'm willing to do what I can to help. And I'm cheering them on because, man, this is tough. Yeah. It's the messages I've gotten are, I don't want to say heartbreaking, but, it's, you know, it's like, 
I'm so glad I'm not in the middle of trying to take care of my mom at home and our whole routine has been upended. Yeah. She was enough challenges. It was, she didn't think she needed help. That's why she got combative because the more help she needed, the more she resisted. So that was getting to be ugly. And I'm really glad we kind of just cut that off. We had about six months, maybe eight months of combativeness. And then mm -hmm. now we're done. You know, it's like, cause I kept thinking, I don't know how we're going to handle this when it gets worse. And, ooh, you know, so I got lucky on that front, but you know, it's scary when you think, you know, my mom has declined and we, and she's not going to get better just when the, the, so, the socialized programs, the social programs open back up or, you know, I think, I think people will, they might, they might decline a couple of steps. They might come back half a little bit. I don't think they'll come back all the way, but I like the streaming. I've had people say, oh, you know, dad doesn't engage with that, which my mom wouldn't have either. But I'm wondering if, you know, if like, if God forbid I played opera for my mom, that wouldn't have gone over well. But if your parent was into opera, your spouse or Andrew Lloyd Webber, that probably would have been better for my mom, just streaming it. Cause it's so rich and you know, it kind of does something to you. So it might be worth trying because, you know, they've got the visualization that they can kind of connect with on and off, but the, the music playing, you know, we have an 85 inch TV. I let my husband do that when we moved and it's been a blessing for some, uh, some zoom socializations. We're doing a zoom, uh, what we call TGIF, uh, you know, for our rotary club, um, for, you know, obviously on Friday, um, there's, there's zoom games you can play with people. That's obviously not an option for people with memory loss, but you know, when you have an 85 inch TV and you're talking to your friends that are just over there on the other side of town, you know, they're kind of life size and it's kind of nice. So I think care residents should definitely invest in smart TVs. I may actually send an email to the director of mom's memory care and see, cause when they renovated, I don't know if they change the TV or not. And if it is a smart TV, they might want to consider, you know, when you do the FaceTime call air, airplay it to the TV so that right. like, if I think if my mom could see me big, it might've helped, although she yeah. was in the hospital bed. So that's, that was a challenge too. You know, it's just, you just gotta kind of keep looking for yeah. any kind of, even if it's a half a solution is better than no solution. Well, my aunt is in West Virginia and the other day it's a little bit more of a remote area, but the other day people who had horses brought the horses and they walked them to every window. So the residents can see it. We just have to think, come up with a crazy idea and see if it makes sense. You know, try, I mean, we have to think outside the box. we got to figure out different ways to do things. And you mentioned the music, um, you know, there may be a style of music that the person doesn't enjoy, or maybe there are old CDs that you have that you can actually play CDs for them. My dad, my dad, I put on old music from the forties and he knew every word to every song. It was bizarre, but music is the one thing that activates every center of your brain. Mm -hmm. So it's huge, hugely therapeutic, hugely helpful um, for people, especially with memory loss to hear music. See, my mom was so. in the talk radio. Back in the eighties, huh? I'm thinking, you know, if she was me, this, you know, back, you know, fast forward 40 years, she'd probably love podcasts. Like I do. I listen to music too, but I listen, I like to listen to people, other people talk because it helps shut my brain off. 
And I think mm -hmm. she would have liked that. And I wish I had come up with a way for them to just stream my podcast to her, like at night when she was in bed, just, you know, just she could hear my voice. And that would have probably, that would have been wow. something I would have worked harder at had she not passed away just to keep yeah. that connection. I don't know if it would have helped, but it would be worth trying. Yeah. You know, and I think trying to find a solution is just as beneficial for us, you caregivers, as it is mm -hmm. to actually finding one. Yes. If you, yes. if you find, you know, if you keep trying, you know, you've done the best job you can. And if you come up with stuff that's working, mm -hmm. that's even better. When you just said something, I think I am a big believer in is that I think as long as you do your best every day, then you won't have regrets. People would say, how did you go through two and a half years without regrets? I didn't do everything perfectly. Man, some days my best was bad. But I could walk away and say every day I brought my best game. Another thing I want to say really quick is we're, we've been talking about like group Zooms, which I think are great. They, they fulfill one thing. But what I love with my aunt in West Virginia is I schedule Zoom calls. So my aunt knows. They can tell her, oh, your niece is calling on this day. So she, it becomes something they can look forward to. Um, so, I mean, I think if somebody is at home providing care and they have family members outside of the house, maybe they could, simple thing they could do is make a schedule for phone calls. So not everybody's on one day or it's two a day or it's one a day or whatever. It becomes something that can be looked forward to. They can even put the schedule up on the wall to show that person. So like I say, there's limitless ideas. Just people need to let the ideas come. I think, it, I think you just have to not be afraid to try them. I mean, if you try and they fail, you've tried. Move on. Yeah. Um, I tried a lot of things with my mom because at the end, I, I'm pretty sure she had non, non, let's see, her late stage symptoms were not typical. Mm -hmm. And because she walked and talked till the day she died, except, well, not the walking so much because she broke her leg, but she would have. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's not typical. And so it was very easy to, when you're in it and you're so close to trying to help her, to not see the forest for the trees for lack of a better <laughs> sappy analogy. And, you know, now that I look back, it's like, cause my husband's like, I don't know why you didn't think she, that this wasn't going to be the year. And I'm like, cause her mother had Alzheimer's and died at 91. Now my grandmother didn't get Alzheimer's until she was my mom's age. My mom started 20 years ago. So that makes a huge difference. And we'd always said, you know, we rented out her house and my dad had investments and it was like, we have to make sure this money lasts because if it runs out when she's in the, the very, very last stages and she has to move in my house, that's not going to be pretty. I don't want that. And I've seen right. that happen to other families. They run out of money and they have to move their loved one home when their loved one needs phenomenal amounts of care. Right. So that was my, always my thought process is taking care of mom until the very end. And I just didn't expect the end to be where it was but I tried all kinds of things. And I, when she broke her leg, I was like, okay, I am 99% certain this woman's not walking again. She's not going to do the physical therapy, you know, and even if she, even if we did do the surgery, which wasn't really a smart idea, you know, she needed physical therapy one way or the other. I'm like, she's not gonna be walking. So I had already 
had already envisioned outings with the wheelchair. I'm like, she loves yeah. to watch kids. We will be able to go and get closer and you know, it'll actually be better. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> I think, you know, you brought up really, you always bring up really important points. One is that I don't think that people realize the average life, life expectancy for someone with Alzheimer's between 10, and 20 years. Now there are people who live one year, but maybe it's due to another pre-existing. I don't know. But the other thing that's really interesting is, and I heard this early on when my dad was diagnosed, Maria Shriver said that one of the people taking care of her father had said, if you've seen one case of Alzheimer's, you've seen one case of Alzheimer's. There is no typical. My dad, I wrote my story about my journey with my dad because it was anything but typical. The last time he was conscious, four days before he passed, he knew each of my sisters and I, my mom, and said something of specific relevance to each of us. Interesting. He was at least 20 years into it. So, I mean, he was still articulate. Um, so there is no typical. And I didn't write my, the books that I've written to say that this is Alzheimer's for everybody. It's just to say if it can be that way or the way it was for your mom, for one person, then it can be that way for somebody else. Well, my so. goal is always try to find a tidbit. You know, we, we throw out a lot of ideas and we talk about a lot of different things. And if people go away with one thing, like I'm going to try this thing, Trish said, because Jennifer said, just try it. <laughs> it's like, amen. Yeah. I'm with you right there. That's all we need to do. Just one, you know, yeah. And it can and make all the difference in your day. That is true. And if it does, like I said, if it doesn't work, You've tried, I looked at videos and photographs of my mom from the last two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I went to sleep knowing that I did a great job. I did the best I could. And trust me, there was a couple of times at the very end, like you said, the best was not very good. And my husband feels a little guilty because his last encounter with my mom was negative. She did not want to get off the x-ray exam table or, you know, the x-ray table. And he's always been super good with her. And so I called him and I said, can you please come sweet talk mom off the, off the table? That sounds really bizarre. And so he yeah. tried and right. he reached his hand out to her. She was ticked off at all of us. Cause I tricked her on in onto the table. And so I just basically, I left her vision, her line of vision because she was mad at me and I had to drive her back. So I'm like, I'll just let everybody else deal with her. And maybe she'll yeah. forget she's mad at me. Well, he reached his hand out to her to say, Oh, come on, mom. Let's, let's get the heck out of here. Yeah, you're right. These people are all, she kept calling them assholes. You people. Yeah. These people are all assholes. Let's go. And she scratched the crap out of him and it hurt and it drew blood. And he was like, he picked her up and plopped her into the wheelchair and he was steam was coming out of his ears and words he doesn't normally use were coming out of his mouth. And it was like, Oh, this is not good. And he was like, yeah, I love it. My last interaction with your mom, she called me an asshole. And I'm like, well, you know, she didn't really feel that way. That's just one moment in time. And he know? can laugh about it, but it's, you know, it's still a little ding on the heart right. when you're like, geez, you know, I was always really good with her. And that was my last encounter. It's like, bummer. I'm going to say, but she knew what he did for her. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's sad that that's the last encounter, but she knew that and she wasn't herself and I'm not excusing it. It's not okay, but you know. It's hard. I it, know is, it is, but you know, it's like in that moment, it was like, lady, there are people waiting for this exam room, get off the table. Right. And it was frustrating and she's swearing at everybody and calling everybody names. And it's just the whole situation was just, it was negative. And 
you know, she played, she picked the wrong day to, to upset him. And it's like, it's, I just told him, I'm like, think about all the other times when I was about ready to just choke her and mm-hmm. the two of you just got along like friends. And he's like, I've always been good with old ladies. <laughs> so, but you know, we all do the best we can and we have limits. That and, is true. That's- and even within those limits, if we do the best we can. And as I said, some of my best days were not good. And we're, I think caregivers are going to have more of those right now because we're just in these crazy times. And I would like to wor- retire the word unprecedented. I know, but it is, I mean, I really think that is true, but yeah. It is, but when, when 2021 rolls around, we're going to come up with a new word. Yes, <laughs> but you know, we're here where we are in the middle of the river floating down it. So we just got to, and we're going to hit some rapids, that's for sure. But once, you know, we got to stay on the day we're on. You have to stay on the day wrong? On the day we are on. Oh, day we are on. Okay, I'm like, that didn't make any sense. I'm sorry. The day we are on, I'll articulate, and not look too far forward. Just deal with where we are. On yeah. The day we're on, all we can do. Tomorrow's going to be different. I don't know how. Maybe hopefully better. Take it one day at a time. Well, that sounds like a great place to end, and I really appreciate it. And Trisha's books are all linked in the show notes, so you guys can finish listening to this and click over and grab that and make sure you look at her website to the resources because that sounds great. And just, like she said, do your best because that's all we can do. I hope I've given somebody one tip. (laughs) I'm sure you have. Well, you made it to the end of yet another episode. I hope you thoroughly enjoyed it and got a lot of tips. I also hope you've had a chance to check out our revamped website. There's lots of new articles, resources, recipes, all kinds of information to help you on your caregiving journey. If you need quick tips or cute dog photos, make sure you're following on social media. And as always, I'll be in your ears again next Tuesday.